everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Dakota Lasky. Yep. Dak, you were on the ice today. How you doing? I was, man. Yeah, like I was saying before the show, I am exhausted. I am so <laughs> out of shape. I am miserably, embarrassingly out of shape. Um, yeah, I was able to... Well, actually, yesterday I went out and got all new hockey equipment. I play goalie, or ice hockey, and it was the first time I played any kind of hockey in almost a decade and a half. Like It's been a, a, an incredibly long time. The last time I played was pretty much like ninth grade or so in high school. So like I'm, <laughs> I'm 28 now. Um, it, it's been an incredibly long time. It was awesome. It was so good to be out there again. I can't wait to go out again and play as soon as possible. But yeah, I am so out of shape. I'm so exhausted. I went down for too many shots. I'm, I'm, I mean, for those who don't know hockey, I guess they're, you know, your goalies are more stand up goalies. Goalies that go to like, you know, their knees a little bit more. Goalies like to flop. I'm a goalie that likes to go down and flop a lot and, and, and go down and like to their knees and, and go for saves and dive. So like when you're wearing 40 pounds of pads, you get tired real quick. And I haven't oh, been yeah. doing it for a while. Yeah. Like back in the day, I could do that three periods of play. No problem. 10 minutes of this today. I was I was beat and I'm still sore as hell, but it was great. I'm going to hit the treadmill Dude, it's gonna be worse tomorrow too Whew, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna get some rest but uh yeah it was awesome it was great to be back out there oh i miss i miss playing floor hockey before covid started i was i was playing once a week and uh you know that kind of got the kibosh now but i think that they are ramping back up for the winter season so we're gonna try and get in on that action but i'm already not looking forward to that like <laughs> like literally i was telling you like the when i first started floor hockey i also probably hadn't played in like forever and so i did like a 45 second shift i'm a forward and like came back and almost threw up it was <laughs> nasty nasty stuff but yeah. uh yeah that, that's that's uh it's always good to to feel like you know because like i'm i'm canadian so obviously i like hockey but i always love meeting like my american pals who are, who are into hockey too so i uh i always like to to see that yeah i mean you should i hopefully we can get you to skate one day my man because as a canadian you should, yeah. you should be able to skate. <laughs> well, I was, I was telling Dak earlier. So like I play floor hockey cause I'm, I'm not good at skating at all. I, I can do it. It's just, uh, I'm not very good at it. Like, uh, I, I also get like winded way easier mm-hmm. and get like shin splints, like mad shin splints uh. whenever I put on, uh, skates. So yeah, it's, I can do it, but it's an ugly scene. I'll tell you that. See, that's why I like playing goalie. Cause you, you're just chilling. I don't got to skate like forwards do. <laughs> So that, that's my my kind of position. But I got to play some floor hockey. We don't have too much of that down here. It's like if you're going to play hockey, it's going to be like ice or roller, I guess. But I love mm-hmm. me some floor hockey as well. So that's good. You're getting out there and you kind of hope you can get back into it because I was really hyped to get back into hockey. Yeah, I, well, the the leagues are open now. It's just kind of convincing all of our former teammates to, you know, yeah. re- get the band back together and, and go ahead and do it. But uh, and, and that's the thing, too, is like finding a goalie is so tough. Like oh, it, yeah. it's really tough to find a goalie and not only like not only a goalie but like a good goalie right so that's the uh that's the toughest thing about playing i think any kind of hockey floor hockey roller hockey ice hockey whatever is, is finding a quality goalie so yeah that's uh, the search is on and uh, <laughs> we have until january i guess but we have um we have time today to answer some metroid dread questions to be honest we actually so we, we tasked everybody with asking us Metroid Dread questions, and I would classify this more as just like a general Metroid AMA rather than uh, Metroid Dread specific. There were some Metroid Dread questions, but they were 
I think just as many questions about the Metroid series in general, which is which is fine with me, which yeah. is great with me. But uh, yeah, we have we have a ton of questions. We asked on Twitter, we asked on Discord. Um, we'll try and get to them all. I think I think if we're if we're efficient, Dak, I, I think we might be able to do it. So uh, let's do, let's not dilly dally. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's just get right into the action, and let's start off with uh, Colin Bartol. Who right. asks a, a question on Twitter? Metroid to me is about exploration. The Shine Spark puzzles are about complex button manipulation. It is like it is a different game that requires different skills, which came uh, which can make tough areas like in Zero Mission to frustrate huge Metroid fans. Do Shine Spark puzzles fit in Metroid? That's a good I, question. Yeah, I I think I think that they totally do, and I think that the distinction is that. Almost every complicated Shine Spark puzzle is optional. Yeah. So, like, you, you don't have to do them. Um, however, you know, like, I, I feel like... Uh, so, Colin says that Shine Spark puzzles are complex button manipulation. And I, and I don't know that that's true necessarily. Like, yes, you do have to input the buttons. But it's more so about the terrain and, like, knowing how to manipulate the environment around you. Which is kind of an extension, I feel like, of what a general Metroid game is all about. So, I mean, you, you, of course, you've heard me talk on the show about how much I love Shine Spark puzzles. So, like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they're so great. I love them. Uh, but I can understand why they're not everyone's cup of tea. But, you know, that being said, they are optional. So, yeah, I think they totally fit. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think Metroid's not just about the exploration. It's it's many things. And one of the things it is is certainly uh, a test of technical skill in some ways. In, in some games, you know, Metroid games really give the option to, you know, test your sequence breaking, test your technical ability in controlling Samus. So I, I think that's part of the package. And like you said, it's optional. So it's not something that's like, oh, if you don't know how to do this, then you're missing out on some of the game. I mean, I guess in a way you kind of are, but you're not missing out on like the main core of the game. It's something extra. It's some, It's like more end game. It's something that allows you to build upon your experience. It's not necessarily a fundamental part of it, which I think is fine. And ultimately, yeah. I think it's good to have those things um, that test your skill, that reward people who put more time into the game, because those are the kinds of people who are going to, you know, practice those tricks and practice those kind of, uh, you know, solutions to the puzzles so i think having that kind of test and reward kind of system there is good i like you know technical parts of metroid i mean even in older metroid games i still think that's a a part of the reason why i like metroid is kind of those uh i don't know just you know moments of metroid gameplay where they aren't necessarily easier you know medium difficulty it tests you a little bit it puts you you know it, it requires you to maybe practice a little bit too, which I think is totally okay in a game like this. So yeah, I definitely think they have a place and I think in dread specifically they're implemented pretty well. Yeah, really well. And uh, like, like we were talking about last week with the boss battles, like there's just something so satisfying about doing something that's difficult and pulling it off. Like getting that secret scene in Metroid fusion is like, is just so satisfying. Right. And it's because you have to do these insane shine sparks to get there. So yeah, I, I think that they definitely have their place and definitely belong. Um, okay, so Thomas has a question over on Twitter, and uh, this is this is a great question, actually. So he says, regarding Kraid's appearance in Metroid Dread, do you think Kraid is just a species that exists on multiple planets? It would make sense since he appears in the original in Zero Mission, and again in Super, and it would make sense why there's a baby Met- or baby Kraid rather in Super Metroid. Thoughts? You know what? That I I could uh, I could buy into that theory. I mean, because you do see like the mini baby Kraid before you fight real Kraid in Super Metroid and there's like all these eggs around here and it's 
maybe it's kind of inferred that there are key hunters coming out of those eggs, but maybe it's, you know, maybe it's little, little crades. Uh, not the worst theory or like, you know, I, I could see that being plausible. I like, I think kind of like what we were talking about last week for me, it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, crate is just crate and he shows up and you know, it was fan service and whatever, but, um, yeah, I think that could be a cool way to explain maybe, or justify what the heck he is doing on ZDR. I, I, you know, I, I, I got into this a little bit over the past week in like the discord server on Twitter and whatnot. Um, I still don't think it really explains anything or like rationalizes it because even if there are multiple crates, I still go back to a Y crate, like crates pretty useless. Um, it's still cool to have him and I'm not losing sleep over that. And honestly, I think it makes sense that crate is us, you know, comes from a species of things. There isn't just one crate. Like it's clearly <clears throat> essentially a creature that likely there are many of. I think really in most cases, uh, you know, a lot of enemies or types of enemies probably have or, you know, come from a species. Maybe Ridley might even come from a species. We've, you know, I mean, technically, you know, if you're talking about the manga, he, I think he does. But in the games, you know, you could speculate there might be more than one Ridley or whatever. Even though personally, I like, you know, the, I guess the conceit that there only is one Ridley. But whatever. I think in a series like Metroid, um, especially a sci-fi series, it makes sense that maybe there is more than one crate. It comes from a creature, you know, or species or whatever. Uh, personally, I don't think that, like I said, doesn't really change how I feel about how Kraid shows up in Dread and doesn't really justify it entirely, but I can I can see that. I just don't think it has a major impact on how I feel about his presentation. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Corey Cooper has a question here. Do you actually think Quiet Robe's final gift to Samus was the Chozo being able to resist the X influence, or do you think the X realize that if I'm to carry on in any way, I have to give myself up? Uh, I, I don't know if I understand. That was my like interpretation of it. Yeah, I don't know, cause like I I, so wait, they're they're saying that the. Can you say this question again? Because <laughs> I almost. Well, I, uh... I was gonna say I I don't understand <laughs> like the the layout of the question I guess because it's important to to know like like Quiet Robe died right like he yeah. he died in that one scene and the X that we see is just an X parasite like it's not Quiet Robe in any way so it it is just an X parasite in much the same vein that the SAX was. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, quiet robes, final gift. Like he doesn't really have a final gift, right? Because he died like that. That was an X version of quiet robe on the ship, but it did just kind of allow Samus to absorb it. And, uh, I guess potentially you could say that maybe it allowed Samus to absorb it, to get rid of spoilers here, everybody. Um, but to get rid of Samus's Metroid suit, because as soon as Samus does absorb that X parasite, the Metroid suit is gone. So perhaps that was its motivation. But uh, I, I don't think that there is a ton that was put in, like a ton of thought put into that scene. If I'm being honest. Well, I mean, my interpretation of it was, yeah, that it is, an, you know, an X parasite. It isn't Quiet Robe, but like because it is based on Quiet Robe, I think a part of his consciousness had some influence on the X's behavior. But it's still the X parasite, you know. It's it just like that little kind of part of Quiet Beak or uh, Quiet Robe, whatever. Um, <laughs> this guy, this game's names, still not uh, used to it. Uh, you know what I'm saying though? Like I felt like that was more of it, like because it's 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 based so much on on you know the right. DNA and the information that comes from what you know the host. 
I think it was just like that was that consciousness and that kind of influence broke out for a little bit through that X and overrode like the X's natural behavior. I didn't really see it as like the X intentionally doing it or yeah, I, I that was my interpretation of it, which I don't know if that makes sense, but I think you kind of understand where I'm getting at. Well, yeah, I feel, I feel like it might because I mean, uh, quite Robex kind of does that little bow before it yeah. like assimilates itself into Samus. So yeah, I could see that. Um, all right. Jan 1988 says, Hey guys, Metro Dread is my first Metroid experience. How's the music in Metro Dread? Is it an interesting part of the game for you guys? Uh, I, you know, I don't think anybody is going to go ahead and say that the music is a strong point in Metro Dread. I, I think that it's pretty decent and, uh, it, it grows on me the more that I play Metroid Dread. I don't think it's as, you know, it's not in the same league as a lot of the Metroid Prime games or Super Metroid or... Uh, you know, AM2R or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, it's solid. It's it's not the best that Metroid has to offer, though. I, I don't think you'd find anybody willing to say that. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing, because when you think of Metroid, you think of, like, the amazing soundtrack. I mean, I've even... I'll give props to Other M for saying, like, it has some good music on it, you know? Like, so, even in, like, the worst Metroid games, you can find some good music a lot of the time. So, it is a bit disappointing for me that Dread really doesn't have any memorable tracks. And like I said, when we talked about uh, this game previously on previous episodes, I feel like so much of the music just is like bogged down by a lot of other stuff or there's too much going on and it doesn't really stick in your head. And it, it, I don't know. It felt a lot of it kind of blended together for me. When I go back to think of some of my favorite Metroid games, I, there are so many standout themes and arrangements and and different versions of songs that are so distinct and individual. And I didn't get that from Metroid Dread. So I would definitely say it's one of the weaker points of the game. But it's certainly overshadowed by, like, its exceptional gameplay, which is the more important part. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Silver has a question here. And Silver might have just answered the question for me because their answer is okay. close to mine. What's your favorite power-up in the game? Which was the most disappointing? My favorite mm. is the Storm Missile, and the most disappointing is the Spin Boost, since you get the Space Jump 20 seconds later. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the spin boost, spin boost, the Double Jump, was pretty unnecessary, definitely because you get the Space Jump like so quickly after. The only time that the Spin Jump was kind of cool... Well, actually, no, I, I take that back. It wasn't even cool <laughs> underwater. So, yeah, that one was a little bit lame. Um... Favorite power-up, I would say that I really liked... It's not a new power-up, but I like that they add the um, like the slide and jumping to the Shine Spark. I thought that that really changed the dynamic of Shine Spark. And uh, Storm Missile was awesome, but I think that Cross Bomb was really cool too, just because it like saves you time like individually bombing a bunch of bricks. So I, I think probably Shine Spark, but uh, the other two are definitely noteworthy as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with the Shine Spark part. But my favorite, absolutely the Flash Shift. I mean, far and away, it's the Flash Shift. Give me an Air Dash in, in in Metroid, and I got it. So it's one of my favorite abilities or whatever in any Metroid game, period. I hope we get more of it. It is so awesome. It makes the game feel like a completely different kind of Metroid game. And it really does, alongside you know the slide and all the different other features and whatnot that Samus gets. So... The flash shift is so it's fast, it's fun, it's satisfying, it's you know very free and and doesn't have like a crazy limit to it, but it feels balanced. I absolutely love the flash shift, and I love that you get it early in the game, so you get to use it pretty much the whole time. Absolutely love the flash shift. One of the best things that's been added to Metroid uh, in in such a long time, maybe since the counter or whatever. Uh, least favorite or worst in Dread? 
Um, yeah, I mean, the spin jump, you're pretty much right on that. It's pretty much serves no, not, not much of a purpose for not much of a period of time. Uh, I really wasn't too wowed by the cross bombs, because, like, yeah, it, it does make things more convenient, but then part of me was like, oh, I wish just more fall bombs were like this, but I don't know. I, they weren't crazy to me. I was like, oh, I got multiple bombs now. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't say the worst. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably spin jump, and honestly... I still am not a big fan of how the gravity suit is implemented in this game because of how, like, Varia doesn't stop the cold and it comes, like, at a weird time and it takes so much time in the water. Uh, I wish there were more suits in this game that were a little more creative instead of just the Varia power or power Varia gravity. The only cool mm. suit we get is in the game for, like, two seconds and then you lose it. So, like, that was kind of a bummer. But I, I don't think there are any abilities or anything that really stood out to me as, like, the absolute worst or, like, oh, I wish this wasn't in the game. The spin jump maybe seems a bit superfluous, but other than that, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of the additions in this game, flash shift, the storm missile, like, the slide, all that kind of stuff uh, are really cool additions. Even, like, you know, the stealth uh, ability is really cool, too. So, yeah, I think mm -hmm. overall some cool additions. Uh, very underrated too, but I also wanted to give a quick shout out. I can't remember if I did or not, but I love that this game kind of went the, the Metroid Fusion route of like when you get the super missile, it just combines with like the regular yes. missile and they're not two separate things. Uh, that That's such, I was just like, hallelujah when that happens. So that that is another underrated favorite as well. Um, okay, Hiba Hussein has a question. Uh, where would you rank Dread in terms of story? I know Dak might disagree, but I think it's <laughs> one of the strongest. I... I think I agree, actually. I, I like the narrative. Um, you know, Metroid just uh, in general tells such simple stories that I... But they're told simply but effectively. So that I think that each game in its own way is, like, really, really strong. And and actually, to, to me, I feel like the ones that try and, like, over... Like, deliver, I guess, on the story, like a Metroid Other M, to a much lesser extent, a Metroid Fusion... Uh, are the ones that I'm just kind of like, eh, a little bit too. But I, I think that this was a really strong story. It would be in the, the upper echelon, I think, for me. I, you know, overall, I really don't think the Dread story is that bad. Obviously, you know, my expectations aside, because I don't want to get into that again, uh, I think my major problems with the story is kind of how some plot elements are told and feel a bit abrupt or rushed or don't have the weight I was expecting. Uh, there's really no resolution to the story, and there are, I mean, like Fusion, it does have some really long cutscenes, like, alright, alright, let's go, but in Fusion, I really, I was really engrossed and engaged in the story, so I didn't mind it as much, in this game, I was, like, mashing, like, alright, 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 I don't care, um, some plot points kind of come and go, and don't seem to really be followed up upon, and a lot of elements in this game are also introduced completely new to this game, where I felt like I was expecting more, uh, I don't know, less new elements that are introduced and then, you know, gone in this game, like Ravenbeak, for example. So, yeah, um, I don't really, I mean, I wouldn't put it above the Prime games or Fusion or anything like that, but there are some really awesome moments in this story. I think there's some really cool story ideas. I think they do some overall, for the most part, a pretty solid job of, of setups and payoffs. But that's, again, aside from my thoughts on expectations and following them up from Fusion like, just thinking about it as a standalone game, I think the story's pretty fine and, and sufficient. Especially if you're a new Metroid fan, it, it's fine and totally good. I think it just... Mm -hmm. I had I personally had different expectations for it, so it certainly isn't a favorite of mine. As a standalone Metroid game, though, I think it, it probably ranks pretty high, but again, I'd put the Prime Games and Fusion above it. Yeah, well, and I mean, you're not the only one that felt that way, right? I, I think that that's a valid 
uh, criticism to have for the story of Metro Dread, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Jay has a couple questions for us here. Uh, his first question, if you could add DLC free or paid suits aside from, he calls it the watermelon suit. That's a creative way to, to <laughs> no, give a spoiler-free okay. version of that suit. All right, all uh, right. What other suits would you like to add? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that the fusion suit makes sense, right? Because it's uh, you got the you got the X in this game, and you, this is the the sequel to that. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely that suit. I don't know, like I maybe uh, I, the fusion suit is is the obvious one. I feel like maybe like there it, there could have been like some kind of like Emmy suit or something like that. That could have been kind of fun. Uh, obviously, it would have like you know it would be just be cosmetic. It wouldn't have any bearing on the story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really, like, you could you could take your pick of, of any, like, it would be cool to play in the light suit. It would be cool to play in the yeah. phase-on suit. Uh, oh, you know? I was going to say that. <laughs> well, I, I think if you're adding DLC suits and you kind of, you move away from, like, okay, this has to make sense in the context of the story, then the world is your oyster, really. Exactly. That's the thing. They really shouldn't think of it as, as limiting at all. And I, Mercury Steam already has no problem kind of bringing in elements from the prime games into the 2d metroids like we saw in samus Returns, so i th- i think it would be cool yeah the light suit dark suit phase and suit i mean even give me the prime three suits like give me any suit from the prime games or previous games uh except other m but you know that doesn't really have anything <laughs> so yeah i really go all out if they're gonna do that honestly if i the thing is that like you said it would be purely cosmetic so it wouldn't have any impact in the game and i wish <clears throat> excuse me i wish the game had more or more creative suits or different suits that did have an impact on the game. So if there was DLC, I'd kind of hope it would be like, you know, a, a post uh, story mission or a boss rush mode or something like that. But if we're talking purely cosmetics, I'd rather them go wild, like come up with any idea, take from the prime games, take from the previous games, come up with new stuff. Let me use the watermelon suit whenever. Um, I think uh, Minneapolis uh, was also talking recently uh, about that suit. And he said, uh, it was a Skyrim suit, so I like calling it that. <laughs> and yeah, I, I I'm totally awesome. down for. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he he was like, I don't want it in the entire game. Though I was like, Nah, I want that for an entire game. Um, and Minneapolis Minneapolis King was like, Nah, I just want it for a little bit. I'm like, Give me that aesthetic. I I love the the Eldric like crazy like abstract monstrous suit she has. Give me some more stuff like that. I'm totally down for those abstract concept suits. You know what would be the the most badass suit ever? It would it would never happen because it'd be a licensing nightmare. But like, imagine if Samus got like a Xenomorph suit. Oh my god, that'd be so cool. Or Ridley suit. Just give so her Ridley cool. suit, something like that, or Kraid suit. You know, like maybe suits based on some ah. of her major enemies or something. That'd be cool. That may be a cool idea. Uh, all right. Speaking of Ridley, Jay's next question: uh, Did you guys think that the final boss would turn into some kind of Ridley <laughs> when the purple X appeared? You know, I that never even crossed my nah, mind yeah. actually. Yeah. And and so by the way, we were talking about this last week when we were talking about Ravenbeak X. That that totally is Kraid at the end. Yeah. When, it, when Ravenbeak t- turns into that X, like that that's Kraid. <laughs> you can see it. His body is Kraid. So if anything, I was like, all right, Big Daddy Kraid is coming back for one last showdown. I well, for, it's funny because now I'm like, so like, was that Ravenbeak's ultimate plan to become like like a Kraid morph or something like in Dune where they just become like a big worm? He's like a big Kraid or something. Which I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was told I did not at all expect Ridley in this game. Once I got into the game, I whether or not Ridley was in the game really didn't like come up in my mind. I did think that there was gonna be a Ridley Emmy. I did think they were building one in the background of one of those Emmy zones, like I talked about. But like when I got to the end of the game, it didn't occur to me that it would be Ridley. 
And as a huge Ridley fan, I think that speaks volumes about the game. But yeah, I, I, when I saw the body, I was like, oh, it's Kraid. It's like Kraid X or something. Because that would have been cool if like if Kraid came back at the end. I was like, all right, like let me see a full Kraid battle right here where like they go really wild with it. Like that's what I really wanted from the original boss battle. And then it was like another like Emmy like Omega Cannon moment or whatever. Or, like it was the Hyper Beam, I guess. But um, and like Raven Kraid. That's definitely Kraid's body because it doesn't look like the uh, the Corpius body. A hundred percent is Kraid's yeah. body. Yeah. So yeah. it was. I don't understand that, but that's one thing. I'm like at that point, I'm like I already have so many other questions. I'm not even gonna touch that. But <laughs> I didn't expect Ridley. I did expect Kraid. Uh, all right, one last one from Twitter, then we'll move over to Discord. This is from Logan. Do you think Prime 4 will put a bigger emphasis on tight combat like Dread did? How do you see actions like the melee counter or finishing moves being implemented into a first-person shooter? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, in a sense, Metroid Prime 3 introduced finishing moves a little bit in like where you could grapple like the enemies and like rip them apart. I think that something like that could definitely continue forward with like finishing moves. Um, I don't know about counters. Um maybe it maybe it's not as as hard as we make it out to be and like you have you could just input a button and like it switches to a third person view and like you can mash him or maybe it doesn't switch at all and it just you can see samus's arm come up in front of her and like punch away an enemy or something like that i don't know but i i hope that it is implemented somehow in the in the prime games for sure yeah i can definitely see finishers being implemented because even though the games are in first person, they are, they do already take you out of first person for like Morph Ball, for example, or Screw Attack or whatever. So I don't think it necessarily breaks that. I mean, it in a way, it does break immersion, but like I don't think it's a substantial part. Um, if anyone plays, I'm going to bring up Destiny again, my you know favorite game right now. Uh, if anyone loves Destiny, let me know. That game also has finishers. If someone gets low, a little like symbol goes up above them, you can go and you know do a finisher, and that's really cool. And that does bring you out of third person as well, or into third mm-hmm. person. I can definitely see finishers being implemented, like, absolutely. And I would expect a lot of, like, modern FPS elements being brought into yeah, the Prime like, games. Even in yeah. Doom. Yeah. Like, Doom, you can rip people apart. I think you could totally I, do that. 100%. I was literally about to say, like, Doom has those same kind of finishers. And even, like, other M's kind of finishers. Like, let her get acrobatic. I want to suplex a space pirate. I'm totally down. Um, a melee counter... Yeah, that would be cool. That's because that's like a an element that you don't see too much in an FPS. Like you can get shield, sure, but like an actual like timed counter. I'd be interested to see how they pull it off because I do expect Samus to have like a general melee attack. You know, like I you should mm-hmm. like I'm expecting to be able to walk up to someone and, and hit them with my arm cannon, and that'll be very satisfying. And I cannot wait to do that. Um, how they would implement a melee counter? Like, yeah, it probably it could be similar to how the finisher works, or like a timed button press, or maybe it is just something like you said, where you just throw up the you know the other arm real quick, and it's like a quick block, and maybe it stuns them, and you can capitalize off of that. I could see them doing it. I think Retro could definitely handle it, and I do think things like that will make their way into Prime Four because it's going to be, yeah, like it, it's certainly going to be a tight gameplay experience. I think they're absolutely going to evolve, like uh, build upon what the previous games had, what FPS games have done for the past decade. And I think now that they've seen like, oh, this is like the standard that like Dread has set for 2D Metroid. I definitely think they're going to try to set a new standard for Prime games with Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. So let's switch over to Discord. Thank you guys for the questions on Twitter. This is from Miyasoko. We're going to go faster because we've got a lot of questions. Uh, So thank you everyone for asking. Mia asks, if Mercury Steam remade Zero Mission, would you like them to put in the Aeon abilities in the slide? 
If so, would you like them to reorder what collective power-ups you get? Uh, what would be your preferred order of the power-ups? So first of all, uh, Zero Mission is probably never going to get remade, which is fine because I, I think that it's like, as long as it's accessible, it's a perfectly playable game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked before. I, I feel like there are some things in Fusion that can be improved upon, but I think generally speaking, like Zero Mission is pretty, it's pretty solid in its current form. However, I I think that if you were to remake any 2D Metroid game, if it's Super Metroid, if it's Metroid Fusion, if it's Zero Mission, whatever, you absolutely have to add in the slide. You have to add in the melee counter. You have like like you have to add in all of these other stuff because like like after playing Dread, like I can't go back to not having those particular things, right? And like you'd have to rejig the world a little bit. I'm thinking in Super Metroid, you know, you can. There are some areas where you would need to maybe block off that area if you mm-hmm. have the slide, but not the morph ball yet. But my expectation, if they ever remade any 2D Metroid game, is that it plays fairly identically to Super Metroid. Or uh, to Super Metroid. To, uh, to Metroid Dread, sorry. Your bias is showing. Uh, uh, well, that is. I am biased, that's, that's for not, sure. That's not a bad bias to have. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I think Zero Mission is fine as it is, but if you are going to remake it, um, I think you could probably add most, but not all of those things. I don't think like the Aeon abilities need to be added. Maybe they could do something cool, like specific for Zero Mission, but like stuff like the slide, absolutely you gotta have melee counters, absolutely gotta have stuff like that. Where like it doesn't change the original experience too much, but it still has those new Metroid elements that people would come to yeah. expect after playing Dread. Like I think the Aeon abilities. You know, maybe not keep those, but everything else, I would I would throw those in. But like you said, I think we're gonna. The Fusion and Super are going to be the ones that would be remade next. <clears throat> Zero Mission is a classic. As you said, as long as it's accessible, I think it's fine. But hey, let me slide in my melee counter if I'm going to play it again. Yeah, and, and maybe to, to clarify a position really quick, we, we don't have to call them like Aeon specifically, but I think like, yeah. like especially in like Super Metroid, like you, you have to have the scan pulse in there. Like I know that you can get the X-ray scope, but like I could actually just see if you remade that game, just get rid of the X-ray scope and replace it with the, with the scan pulse. Okay. Yeah, like, I, can see I, that. I think that it would be hard to go back after having like the flash shift. It, it's hard to go back mm. without that, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree. certain, certain Aeon abilities I feel like should be there to stay. Yeah. I'm down with that. Um, okay, Accursed Hunter, Big Griffin has a question. Where would Metroid Dread's final boss place on your overall final boss ranking? So we determined last week that the Ravenbeak fight was the best fight, uh, or it topped our list anyways, of boss fights in Metroid Dread. Um, man, you know, I, I think that it would be up there for yep. final bosses in Metroid. I mean, like, Proteus Ridley comes to mind as an awesome final boss in Samus Returns. Um... I think that the Metroid Prime boss is really yes. is really solid. I think that uh, like like the Mother Brain fight in Super Metroid is good, but it's more of a story fight. Like the real final fight of that game, I, I've always felt like is Ridley. So I, I don't think I would put that one in there. Zero Mission, I don't think had strong final bosses. I don't think that Fusion did. It's kind of the same thing as Super. It was like more of a story fight. The fight with the SAX was good, but Omega was kind of eh. So mm-hmm. I I think that Raven Beak would be. I mean, at least in the top three, maybe maybe the top two, maybe one. I don't know. That's uh, we should we should dive into this maybe on an episode. I agree. I think we should. I think we should take like maybe Raven Beak and the Emmys and be like, hey, how do these stack up against everything else? Uh, 
Yeah, Ravenbeak is definitely up there. Certainly, like, as a full character and then as a full boss, like, fight package, absolutely one of the best in Metroid. Uh, I have a soft spot for Metroid Prime and Prime. I just think, like, that whole uh, Impact Crater sequence is, is magnificent, especially following my favorite Ridley fight of all time. So it's hard to beat that, and I think the Prime games overall have, like, really strong bosses. But I think, I think Ravenbeak is, like... I mean, it might be, like, one of the best 2D Metroid bosses, period, if not the best. So, like, immediately I'm like, okay, like, Ravenbeak is, is certainly up there for 2D Metroids, and as a result, rivals Prime bosses, I think, in a way, too. So, yeah, absolutely one of the best. Like, it, it was intense, it was fun, it was really well designed uh, from a gameplay perspective, from a, you know, graphics and, and setting and sound perspective. There's some crazy moments in the fight, like, bar none. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the most memorable boss fights of any Metroid game. I would absolutely rank it high. Uh, so Griff has one more question here that I thought was interesting, and we might not have to wait long to see the answer to this question. Now that you've had time with Metroid Dread, how does it fare as a potential Game of the Year candidate? What award categories could Dread qualify for slash win? What other games that you've played this year would qualify as Game of the Year material? So I, I think that uh, as we record today, the Game Awards are about a month away. I think they're December 9th. And I think that there's wow. a real chance that like Metroid Dread could, you know, be a contender, or be a player in in that field. I mean, the field is is weak this year, right? Like it's a, it's a very 2021 was a very light year in terms of like new games, really. <laughs> you know, the year 2022 is absolutely stacked and this year was a little bit barren, but I think Metroid Dread benefits from that. So I I could see it uh, you know, if like the IGNs or the Game Awards of the Worlds are doing like specific nintendo switch game of the years i think that metro dread is like your game right like i just think that it is um if you know i i i think that uh i could realistically see metroid hanging in with like the forzas and the resident evil villages of 2021 to maybe you know maybe get nominated for like the the game the game awards game of the year i, I think i could realistically see that yeah, I, I can too, actually. I think it, it has the potential to be a candidate for overall game of the year. Like, when I'm thinking of 2021, I think of... I mean, Halo's not out yet, but I guarantee it's going to be probably mentioned in some way, even if it's not that great. <laughs> uh, Forza, like you said, there was uh, Deathloop, which was received pretty well. Uh, mm -hmm. Ratchet and Clank also came out this year. Um, and I've actually heard that the, the new Guardians of the Galaxy game is pretty solid. You have Back for Blood, you have Psychonauts 2, um... One of my Returnal, favorites. A lot of people talk yeah, about that. Yeah, Returnal. Uh, one of my favorites, yeah. Age of Empires 4, which I don't think it would be nominated, but it's still great to see it back. Uh, and then you have like Call of Duty and Battlefield, which might just make their way in there somehow, you know? Even at Bowser's Fury, and you talk about Nintendo games, but Bowser's Fury came out, the Super Mario 3D World uh, expansion or whatever. That was received pretty well, too. So I actually don't think the competition is that light this year. I think it's surprising. Like, now that I'm obviously did a Google search <laughs> and don't know all these games off the top of my head. Um, after looking at more of these games, I actually think the, the crowd is, is pretty decent. It's not a best of the decade <laughs> for sure or last 10 years, anything, but um, I think Dread has some competition. If there, I don't know what the categories are for game awards really off the top of my head. So like if there is like an event action adventure or 2D game category, I think Metroid Dread probably has that in the bag. As overall game of the year, I think it absolutely will be a, a runner. I think it might end up showing up as a candidate or one of the choices, but I don't think it has an absolute guaranteed win. There are a lot of pretty solid games this year, but I think I, I have high hopes for it. I do think it'll do really well uh, at Game Awards. 
I, I just think that if it got in on that conversation, because I think there's usually five games nominated, I, I think I could see it being one of the five games. If I was a betting man and had to pick who I think someone like the Game Awards would crown Game of the Year, I would I would put my money on Forza. Um, really? Or Resident Evil. I was going to say like Ratchet and Clank or something like that. that. That's a Game Awards game right there. No, nah, I, I feel like it would either be Village or it would be Forza, but... Uh, who knows? IGN, I think, is definitely going to go Forza. Um, it looks beautiful. Yeah, like, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does. It looks, it looks great. I'm just not, you know, that's not really my cup of tea. But I mean, to be fair, I've never tried Forza either, so maybe I would like it if you I. You should try it out, man. It's, it's Forza. I've been playing Forza since Forza Three back in the day on the Xbox 360. Um, awesome games. I really great driving simulators and beautiful games. So yeah, I definitely recommend. But I don't know. It's going to be a hard battle. I do agree. I think it has a chance, though. I think we'll see it as one of those big like. Yeah, it, it I, it's definitely a Game Awards game. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, you're going to like this question. This is from DW Terabyte. Uh, they ask, The story of Dread does feel like it supports the idea for something that should have happened for Metroid 6. More than mm-hmm. likely, I am grasping at straws, but something did occur and it would be hard-pressed to find. Could there be any evidence that Raven Beak had a hand in the operation of the BSL station <laughs> in which oh he God. had humans and clones... <laughs> That were made to do his bidding to facilitate the story of fusion, buddy. Wow. I'm, I'm sorry, man. It's, uh, I understand <laughs> why, like you and like you, you Dak are, are, you know, a little left wanting with the story of dread because it clearly doesn't emphasize the the portion of like the Galactic Federation's influence on the story of Metroid Fusion. It emphasizes the X and it emphasizes the Metroid part of that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think that might be reaching just a bit. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I would really hope that's not the case because that would make it worse. <laughs> if so, if, they, if someone told me, oh, actually, it was all planned from the beginning by this guy I just heard of in this game, I'd be like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> I'm done <laughs> with this game. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there are tons of like wild theories like that. I don't really think there's anything to support it. And I mean, that's one of the things about Dread is that like, all of a sudden, this Ravenbeak guy has been around this whole time, I guess, and now he's shown up. He hasn't shown up previously, but he shows up now. Or how there's like these two major tribes that I've never heard of before, but we've, you know, they're in dread. Um, yeah, I, I think let, let, Fusion was good. <laughs> it was great. I love Fusion. Let's stop other games trying to screw with it. Like, Other M tried to screw with it and ruined part of it. And this game is like, let's, let's, let's keep it to itself. In that way. Um, yeah, I, I wish there was more Federation stuff. I don't think I need Ravenbeak to be the mastermind behind it all to make me feel better or make it be good. So, um, I, you know, at this point, I kind of accepted it. I mean, it's been a month, right? Like, I've kind of accepted it. It is what it is. And, you know, I kind of have to live with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I do agree, though, that this dude, this story is, is Metroid 6. Like, it would be such a good Metroid 6. If they just did the Federation stuff in Metroid 5, and then they did this, it would have been so good. Ugh. Maybe in another timeline. Maybe another alternate reality. I, I think uh, it makes Ravenbeak actually look more like a badass to have him not, like, the mastermind of all of this plot all the time, but, like, when the game tells you that, like, the X actually broke out on ZDR and Ravenbeak somehow managed to, like, quarantine them, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, okay, that's pretty impressive, actually, that this dude was able to contain the X and like he was, uh, you know, able to take down an Emmy in my mind that kind of built him up a little bit more than it would have, if he was like the mustache twirling bad guy I agree. that was secretly behind everything. Yeah. Like I so, don't, yeah, hundred yeah, percent agreed. 
Uh, Nero has a question. <laughs> Would you like to see the Chozo end up being becoming a recognized fictional language? Is that a thing? Uh, if it is, I'm not the person to ask. I mean, what is, isn't uh, Klingon an officially recognized fictional language? I think that's true. I, so. I feel like, uh, like the Elvish from Lord of the Rings has got to be in there, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Uh, what are some other fictional? Those are like the two, <laughs> uh, the only two I would, I would yeah. guess. That, I mean, uh, it's like, what is the question? How would we feel if that happened? I mean, it would have no impact on my life. Um, I don't, I'm, I mean, there are some really, uh, awesome people that are like looked into like the Chozo language and like interpreting it and whatnot. And, uh, if you've been in our Discord server, I think that's been shared a little bit. So definitely check that out. That's something that I personally like don't care about. If that was a fi- yeah. like if it was recognized, I'd be like, okay, I guess. Um, learn a real rank language. Touch grass. That's what I say. No, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's cool, I guess. But um, hey, more Metroid stuff is always cool with me. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Let's move on. Minneapolis King has a great question that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer before I even ask his question. So the answer is yes. Do you think Metroid Dread should have a death counter for every game yes. over screen you get? Because I think that'd be brilliant. I mean, yeah, totally. I, I totally should. I think it should be optional. Like, you should be able to... Like, it shouldn't be on by default because I can certainly see how some people might not take that very well. If the game is, like, mocking them, like, oh, 245th death, what are you doing? Um, but I think for people who, um, I don't know, <laughs> like, well, have, hold on, hold on. I think it might I, cool I interpreted this question as like, it, it shows you, you know what? Maybe I just didn't read his question right. Because my interpretation of this was it, at the end of the game, once you beat it, it shows you how many times you die. Oh, oh okay. I was so, so actually okay. reading his question. I don't think that's what he's asking. Okay. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have it in my face every single time I die because I died like yeah, that's <laughs> an insane saying. amount of times. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, every time you die, like this is your 245th death. This is your 246th death. If it was at the yeah. end, what, yeah. when are you going to stop sucking at Metroid? Dread? I think that would be <laughs> funny though. Like, like I said, if that was an option and if the game showed me that every time I died, I, I would be the type of person that would, would opt in for that. But um, yes, I do think that'd be a cool uh, like thing to have for the very end of the game. Like as a stat for sure. Um, Jack Attack has a great question, and we kind of touched on this already, but uh, we can touch on it a little bit more. If there was a Super Metroid remake coming out, what would you want to be changed? Would you want features like the melee counter to be added? So, yes. Uh, like I said, there there can never be a 2D Metroid game again that does not have melee counters mm-hmm. or, like, the slide. like that just Or, or um, freestyle aiming. That has to be in every Metroid game. Yep. It just has to. Uh, so for Super Metroid specifically, I think that, uh, I mean, obviously, um, you know, up, uh, updated graphics, music would be awesome. I think that maybe you could take the opportunity to expand the wrecked ship a little bit in a remake. Make it a little bit more of a... That'd be cool. uh, yeah, just like a bigger area or, um, you know, one thing I guess that I would really love as well is to like have... And this is just like something I want in 2D Metroid in general, but this would be so cool in Super Metroid is like just to have like scannable lore or like we talked about, like you can find like objects that inform you about the world. Because like one of the first areas that you get to in Super Metroid is like the ruins of of Torian from the NES Metroid. And like that would be so cool if like 
you could get there and like there's like a quick cutscene that showed you like your previous battle or like you could find an item that would activate that cutscene. Um, so something like that. I, we even talked about before where like it would be really awesome if you could like maybe once you finish Super Metroid, you could unlock like uh, a, a section where you get to play as Ridley and you invade Sarah's space station and you are like going in and, and fighting people and it can culminate with the Sam's boss fight at the end. Like that would be so cool. I would love that. That reminds me of like uh, in the Paper Mario games where you have those parts where you play as Bowser. I would. I'm, oh, I love those yeah. parts. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'm down for stuff like stuff like that. Absolutely. I'm totally down. And I think like 2D Metroid, whether they're remakes or new games, I really think the scanning could absolutely work in a 2D Metroid. We saw it work really well. I think in the Prime 2D, uh, you know, demo. I think that was perfectly executed. I think not, it doesn't have to be a crazy amount of scans like in Prime, but I think like a, a small amount just to l- add a little more depth or, you know, potentially more yeah. findable lore, I think would be great. And I really think it's possible, especially now that you have free aim in the Met- 2D Metroids. Like, I think you can absolutely iterate on that and add scanning on top of that and it would work really well. So I'd love to see that. Yeah. And, and maybe one last thing to add to Super Metroid. Uh, I want to see some better Shine Spark puzzles because there's really not like a ton of great Shine Spark puzzles in the game. And Shine Sparking was, was obviously pretty new in Super Metroid. In fact, you take damage in that game when you Shine Spark. So, I mean, get rid of that. Yep. Um, and yeah, put some cooler Shine Spark puzzles in. And, and I mean, also to like Super Metroid is, I mean, it's going on 30 years old at this point. So like, you know, if we can combine the missiles and the super missiles, that would be great. If we can uh, just like some some quality of life changes like that. Absolutely agreed. All right. Uh, let's keep it going here. Um, Game Worm has a question. What is your favorite discovered sequence break in Metroid Dread? Ooh, there's so many like already. It's crazy. Um, I think I think my favorite, even though I think it's been proven to like not be worth it to speedrunners to do this now but like my favorite that i was able to do was to get the early bombs and then like go and bomb crate it was just so satisfying to me <laughs> um so yeah that was awesome yeah I, I mean like early gravity suit was really cool to do yeah um, took that from me i was about to say my favorite skip is the early gravity suit because this game gives you the gravity suit way too late so that yeah. sequence break is my all-time favorite in this game uh i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of like i i actually haven't seen i know that you can skip uh dragaiga and that you can skip i think you can skip Kraid now too it's like i haven't actually seen those skips yet but i would love to learn how to do that these people are just like like just it's like the matrix man they're like neo bending the matrix it's it's crazy crazy I, what they, these what these speedrunners can do they put a lot of time and effort into it i really respect it it is a oh, it's man, not an easy so job and it is a grueling one at times you know practicing parts of the game over and over and over again i have a lot of respect for speedrunners and it's not it's not easy to do not just like technically wise but like to really discipline yourself and like really become good at speedrunning is not easy you got to be built different so you know like oh yeah. i love watching oats and i've been a speedrun fan for a while um I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. And honestly, I feel like every day there's like a new skip discovered or, or some kind of improved route. Uh, and I would love to, I've got to sit down and really give it a go myself and watching void as well uh, from smash. He's been speed running and running Metroid dread on Twitch. And that's been fun. Uh, I love watching all that kind of stuff. I would say, yeah, the, the early gravity suit and the Dragaiga skip, because <laughs> those just, those solve 
two of my two issues of mine in the game so i love those uh yeah man the the skill of these players is just like oh my god my god they're they're so good it's awesome um Albitrus has a question. Actually, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Metro 35 has a question. Uh, hey. Where are the animals? Yes. Are they on this ship? Are Thank they chilling you. somewhere safe? Thank you. Why do- <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that uh, maybe they're on. Maybe they're on the ship. Maybe Samus dropped them off somewhere. Um, but like, show you know, us that. I, you know, like they were. That's another. I mean, that's like such a like whatever continuity thing. But it's still. I don't know. Like it's it's part of the experience. It's nice to have that little bit of follow up. And I like the animals in Fusion. So I I was I was like where. Where where'd they go? Like even if Samus dropped them off or left them on the ship, but like at least tell me, show me, you know, like what happened to him? Did she like stop somewhere and they got loose and she's like, oh screw it, <laughs> whatever. Like and she just kept going, left them at the gas station one time. Like I don't know. I I wish we. I I, I would like to know. I agree. What happened? What happened? Maybe maybe they're at Samus's house. She just brought him home. That's the maybe DLC she we into need. The, wild. the DLC we need. We go to Samus's house and it's like Animal Crossing. And you get to take care of her animal pets. I'm down for that. Uh, by the way, all of you Animal Crossing players out there, I know there's a lot of you. If you have a cool Metroid house, make sure that you tweet at us at Omega Metroid Pod. We'd love to see that. Um, okay, Albitrust has a question. Samus arrived on ZDR with the various suit, but left Fusion fully geared up. Did the suit transition downgrade her? Well, no, Ravenbeak downgraded her. He gave her ability amnesia, as we see in uh in the opening cutscene i am not like i i think that this is a sticking point for a lot of fans but like for me i'm just like i feel like samus is either switching or upgrading or changing suits like in between games so it's not her showing up with with like a different suit than what she had in fusion to me was like okay like that isn't the same suit though i don't know well i i don't know they they don't necessarily explain that i wish they could explain it it's their job to do that job. Explain it to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of get what they're saying because at the end of Fusion, they, Samus ends with the Omega suit, right? Like the quote-unquote Omega suit, whatever. It gives her yeah. back her old colors, but it's still like the fully powered Fusion suit. And then at the beginning of Dread, before she, like when she's in the ship still, before she even gets the ZDR, if I remember correctly, she is in the various suit, right? She's not in the, uh, the Dread suit yet. Right. So... That would still be a downgrade. She wouldn't be at the Omega suit level anymore. She's at the various suit level. So there was a downgrade that happened, which I I agree. Why did it happen? Why did she show up with a weaker suit for uh, no particular reason? Why did her suit look different? I know they said, oh, well, the suit's going back to its... Uh, uh, well, let's show me that. Or, or why? Like, why did it have to? I like the fusion suit. I like the dread suit too. But uh, again, little continuity things, they add up. You know, they add up. Those questions add up. That's another continuity thing for me. I would have liked, I would have liked to. Like, I mean, we talked about this before even Dread came out. I was hoping Dread would start with Samus just same power level, like let her go into the first fight with a like, maxed out or something like that, and then she can get physical amnesia or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer to that. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just built different, but that that stuff never bothers me. But I know I know that you're not alone in your thinking. Thankfully. Um, so let's move on to a question from Paul. Uh, Quaid asks, what is your biggest expectation for Metroid Prime 4? Well, my yeah. expectation is that it rocks. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you that's know, it. Like that's, that's it. That's it. You yeah. know, is, is that it's really good. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, I, I trust Retro Studios. They have not failed me yet. 
They have, as far as I'm concerned, a perfect track record. And uh, Metroid Prime 3 completed the trilogy, in my opinion, perfectly. So they can really do whatever with Prime 4. Like, I'm open to anything. I have full confidence in them. I think they're going to surprise us with a really great game. And I agree. I My only expectation is that it's going to kick ass. I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Even though we literally know nothing about it, Nada. I am very... I mean, it's the game I'm looking forward to the most that doesn't, it's not already out other than like Elden Ring, which I 100% am more looking forward to Metroid Prime 4. But like, that's the game really, I can't I'm wait. Not, I'm not really hyped for that game at all, actually. I'm not a crazy hyped for it. I'm way more hyped for Destiny 2 Witch Queen, which comes out the same week. I'm playing that. That's going to be sick. But Elden Ring, I think I'm not wowed by it, but I think it'll be fun. I'm, I'm always, I'm a sucker for exploring big castles and big buildings. So any game that gives me stuff like that, dungeons, raids, whatever, uh, count me in. Yeah, maybe it's just because I've never played any of like the Souls or Bloodborne or anything like that. But I've heard that there. I own Bloodborne actually. I should really get around to playing. It, it. looks Anyways, easier, so that's all. I'll say. Uh, so, Paul, j- just because I know we kind of gave you a lame answer there, we do have two episodes that we have. Uh, you know, we've we've kind of talked about what our hopes for for Metroid Prime Four. Maybe after playing Metroid or Metroid Dread, we should do a third because I think that that could definitely influence some. Yeah, you know, some picks for Metroid Prime Four. Um, Andy from Calgary has a question for Dak. What? <laughs> Give me a percentage. What do you think the percentage is? Is that you see Metroid Prime Four at the Game Awards this year? I think uh, I'm sitting at about a three percent. Yeah, I don't really think it's that likely. I think if they're going to show off Metroid Prime Four, it'll probably be in their own Nintendo Direct or at E3. It just seems like it probably isn't ready yet. And can you imagine if it was though? But if oh, I mean that's another. Actually, now that I think about another expectation. I can't wait to play Metroid Prime Four multiplayer. That's what I can't wait for. That we can talk about that, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not expecting it at the Game Awards. I would be pleasantly surprised. I would. So I, would I would be stunned. I would be very stunned. Yeah, I'm keeping my expectations low. I really don't think we're gonna see it. I mean, Dread literally just came out. Like, I still think Nintendo probably wants to give it a little more time and breathing room before they start jumping on the Metroid Prime Four train, which I, I feel like they're raring yeah. to go. You know, like they're it's coming soon. But they still got to give Dread some more time in the spotlight. So I don't think we're going to see it. I, I feel like the chances that we see Metroid Dread DLC are far greater than we see Metroid Prime 4 yeah. at the Game Awards. And I wouldn't say that I think that that necessarily is like ne- going to happen either. Right. Mm-hmm. But Agreed. Okay. Uh, Metroid 35 has another question. How long were y'all stuck in the room? You know what room she's talking about. The room that we talked about. The David in, Jaffe uh, Jaff room. The David room. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, let's just call it the David Room. Yeah, uh, so room. I think that I went into the David Room, and I uh, looked around, and I left because I didn't know where to go. And I, I kind of schmucked around for a little bit. I got an energy part. I, I probably ran around Arteria for a little bit, came back, and I just kind of shot the ceiling. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. Like, of course. And it really wasn't a big deal. And uh, <laughs> I guess that other people didn't have that same kind of reaction. Well, so I think some people are, aren't aren't very comfortable with uh, making felt, to, you know, being made to feel a little like oh, I wish I had known better. Um, but that there are a number of moments for me in Dread where I, uh, thankfully, like I said previously on previous episodes, I'm glad I was streaming because there were a couple times in the game where I had no idea where to go. But once I figured it out or someone told me, I was like, oh, duh, like uh, so obvious. I think that was one of those rooms for me. I think I did pretty much the same thing you did. But I mean, that's kind of 
that's part of the Metroid experience, I think. You kind of you figure yeah. it out, or you run around, and then you eventually figure it out, and you're like, "Come on, bro! Like, what are you doing?" So, like, that's that's part of it. And honestly, I 100%. think I think that guy yeah. was just making a big deal out of really nothing. Uh, there are oh, so got a lot of attention. It that's certainly sure. did. Like, honestly, there are so many other things you could complain about in this game that that is certainly not even remotely on the top of my list. Even if it, you know, even if I did consider it to be an issue, which I don't. So. I don't vividly remember getting stuck. You can check the VODs on my Twitch. Uh, I don't particularly remember getting stuck for very long, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I did what you did. I kind of was like, oh, what do I do? I circled back eventually. I shot the ceiling. And I was like, oh, uh, come on, Dak. <laughs> Dude, you're playing a Metroid game. You should know better. And then I moved on. I, just, with my I life. just love the, like, <laughs> the room and everybody knows what, what she's talking about. Metroid Prime 4 uh, should great. have the room. I want a room that's shaped exactly the same. You have to shoot the ceiling. A nice homage to the best room in Metroid. Uh, this might be the best username in Metroid. Chunky Beef Bomb has a great question. Okay. Uh, so Chunky asks, you're going to like this. Was Raven Beak ever in collaboration with Mother Brain? Oh Did God. he and the Mocked tribe provide Metroid Larva to the space pirates on Ze- Zebus and Talon 4? No. Uh, I mean, now at this point, I have no idea how, like, any power structure works in Metroid, <laughs> to be really honest. Um, I don't think so. I definitely don't think Ravenbeak had literally anything to do with uh, the Chozo on, on Talon 4. Which, again, that was no. kind of my thing with Dread. I was like, I felt like there were mad Chozo, like, all over the place, separated many tribes. And I think Dread kind of makes it seem like there are just two tribes, the good Chozo and the evil Chozo. See, you know, I, know. I, I've heard I've heard you say that and I heard someone else say that. But I, I actually I didn't get that vibe at all. I just like my interpretation was like these are just two tribes of Chozo among many tribes of, of Chozo. Um, so hmm. I I never got that uh, that impression. I mean, because we already knew that like the Chozo, you know, on Talent 4 were there. We knew that they came to Aether eventually obviously on sr388 so yeah I, I never got that by but you know it, it's obvious that the chozo that were on talon brought the metroids to talon for some reason or maybe there is a reason that metroid prime gives and i just can't remember but the only reason that the metroids were on uh zebus is because you know the space pirates took them there so yeah i mean yeah. let's all be honest here folks raven beast or uh, Ra- raven beast raven beak didn't that's what that's the name the the final version of him, by the way, Raven Beast, the crate version. That's what we call that. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Raven Beak didn't exist in Metroid until this game. Like literally, like, <laughs> like in the story or world of Metroid, like they can say all they want, but <laughs> Raven Beak did not exist until Dread, and there didn't have any influence on anything else besides what they said in Dread specifically. So, uh, I mean. I don't know. My interpretation from Dread, I felt like they homogenized the Chozo into, like, these two tribes. Because they didn't mention any other ones. Like, no other Chozo had any influence on any of this. It was just these two. Like, I don't believe that. So, I mean, I guess that's the case. But I I don't know. After what I learned from previous Metro games, I always got the feeling that it was... That that there weren't, like, two major tribes that would have that much influence. And none of the other tribes had any influence on any of the Metro games. It was just these two. And then I guess the ones in Prime, but they're not the ones in Dread, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I don't think Raven Beak had anything to do with anything except what they said he was involved in in Dread. All right. Well, let's move on to a question from Focused Wombat. Um, Wombat asks, with Mercury Steam moving on to other franchises, what studio slash developer would you like to see hired for the next 2D Metroid installment? Are they moving on to 
other franchises? That's the first I've heard of that. Um, so I do remember reading a report a couple months ago that Mercury Steam was developing another game and that it was for the PlayStation 5. Um, but I don't think that just because they're developing a, a game for the PlayStation 5, that that completely excludes them from doing more 2D Metroid games, especially now that they have the engine for 2D Metroid games for yeah. the Switch. I feel like that was probably the biggest, like legwork of of the project was just getting that engine um so i i mean i look i feel like the metroid dread is is going to be so successful that the thought of nintendo doing another 2d metroid that doesn't involve mercury steam right now seems unfathomable to me uh, I, I just i can't imagine them saying to like you know mercury steam like thanks but uh we're gonna you know, we're gonna give the reins to to level five or next level game or whoever did Federation Force now, right? Like, oh, geez. I just uh, I I think that if Mercury Steam is unavailable for a period of let's say two years, then maybe we just don't get 2D Metroid for two years until they are available again, right? So, but that being said, I I do think that just because they're working on a a game for the PlayStation Five doesn't mean that they are excluded from doing a new 2D Metroid. Uh, you know, we heard uh, on Kiwi Talks, Chris Wicken was saying that he, like, four people made Metroid Prime Trilogy, right? And it, obviously not the same thing, but it's it's not, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is, you know, just because they're moving on to other franchises doesn't potentially exclude them from working on Metroid. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Nintendo wasn't just like, all right, we're going to buy up a piece of Mercury Steam just to, like, you know, really solidify this relationship. Because it, it does kind of feel reminiscent of, like, early 2000s when nintendo would went and bought retro or when they went and bought silicon knights or, or that kind of you know deal so yeah I, I think that there are some similarities there i mean i think because i mean we already knew before dread was coming out that they plan on more 2d metroids beyond dread i don't think they would have said that if they didn't plan on having mercury steam involved because i just don't think that they, yeah like they they have this engine they have a developer behind metroid they're gonna keep using that connection that what they've set up, you know, and if you follow Metro or if you follow Mercury steam on Twitter, you already know that Mercury steam already has another game that they work on. I think for PC and Xbox and PlayStation, some sci-fi like MMO ish loot shooter kind of game or whatever it is. I forgot the name of it off the top of my head, but they've, that game's been out since before dread came out and they've been supporting it and working on it through the development of dread and through their launch and post launch. Like they've like, they're not only working on Metroid already, so I don't see why them working on another game or franchise, whatever, would change anything. They're already working on non-Metroid stuff while doing Metroid as well, so it wouldn't actually change anything at all. I would assume that, you know, anyone who works on something for a while, they want to do something new. They want to do something different maybe the next time, so I wouldn't be surprised if part of Mercury Steam is working on something else, but absolutely, I would imagine that they're also planning the next Metroid if they haven't already started development on it. That said, I definitely can see another studio also doing 2D Metroids, but I don't see why they mm. would do that if they have Mercury Steam right there who just put out Dread. Like, I'm assuming they're going to try to get them to do more Metroid, at least another 2D Metroid, before maybe they want to work on something else. But it, it shouldn't stop them from working on another 2D Metroid just because they want to work on something else. They're already doing that. Yep, I agree. Um all right, uh, New Supreme Man has a good question. Would you guys be open to a podcast episode or episodes where you go over community-submitted Metroid pitches and talk about what you like and dislike about them? Well, I mean, yes, I would be open to that, but 
I do have a recommendation for you, say. my friend. <laughs> uh, so Dak and I both were guests on a podcast called The Phase On Labs, which is run by uh, by our friends over at World One One Podcast and uh, Isabel, aka Metroid Thirty Five, and we pitched uh, some Metroid ideas of our own. And I think that that's like pretty much the whole gimmick of the show was like people come on and they pitch ideas for mm-hmm. you know a Metroid game, and you just kind of talk about what uh, what you like, what you don't like, etc., how it could work feasibly. Uh, so I, I think that you would be, uh, I think that you would dig that show because I think that that is kind of what you're asking for. Yep, already exists. Check out Phase and Labs because they do a great job doing exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> so there you go. Make sure that you go to uh, Metroid Splinter Cell. That's that's the best episode I think. Is that the one you're on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. It's definitely it's better than my episode. Wow. Oh, okay. No, I. You know what? I I liked your episode actually. I liked oh, well, your idea you, for Federation Force. I'd play that game. Uh, okay, um, Papa Rick is in the house. Uh, hey. What do you think of the hint butterflies, as I call them? Do you think they did their job to help guide the player? So this is this is kind of uh, an interesting question because in my first playthrough, I didn't really notice them, and like they. Uh, so for anybody unfamiliar with what Rick's talking about, there are like these luminescent butterflies that just kind of fly around everywhere, um, and they're they're in various parts of ZDR. And I guess that they try and point you in the right direction of like rooms that you need to go. I didn't really notice that. And then it, towards the end of my first playthrough and definitely my second playthrough, I did notice them kind of popping up here and there. And I wondered if there was any like, like reason that they were there. Like, you know, when you play Zelda and sometimes you see like the three butterflies flying around, like mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh, I should play the song of storms or something like that. Right. right. Like I kind of got similar vibes to that, but I never, um, I don't know. I never really like there, like there is no song of storms to play. So you, it's not something that you instinctively do, but, uh, so I guess in that way they didn't necessarily do their job, but I, I kind of like the idea of maybe something environmental, you know, giving you a hint of maybe go here. I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think it's certain, you know, I'm not the most like observant person clearly because I did not even remotely notice that the first time I played the game. Um, but I think it's a great idea. I think because Metroid Dread introduced, like, as, like, fundamentally introduces so much, both for a, like, so many new things, both for a new Metroid fan, for an old Metroid fan, that, like, something very subtle like this, I think, maybe gets missed because there are so many new things that players are getting, like, used to that are not subtle, that are very explicit, and, and you know, it's, and, and are more abundant in number that something smaller like this might get passed on because you're spending so much time working with the new stuff you haven't experienced yet. So like that was, I was one of those people. I had no idea. I, I honestly, even the second time I played it, I did notice them, but I didn't at all put two and two together and be like, Oh, these might actually be helpful. Um, I was again, kind of distracted. So I think overall it's a good idea. Maybe they needed to be a bit less subtle so they would be more effective because to be honest, I'd say mm-hmm. a majority of people would have no idea that they're even there or, or serve some kind of purpose besides being aesthetically pleasing. So uh, I think a great idea, but maybe because it's such a new game needed to be a bit less subtle for, for new players and for people like me who, you know, don't have too many wrinkles in their brain and need a little bit more help. Yeah, I agree. I think that the prime series still did it the best where like you, you know, you have the, the, the notification essentially that's just like hey check out this room and even if you've <laughs> yep. never been to that room before if it's not even on your map or anything you can go there and if you don't like that you can just turn it off so i i think that 
I wasn't a big fan in Zero Mission of like the Chozo statues kind of explicitly yeah. doing that. But yeah, I think the Prime series does it the best. But yeah, I, I do like the idea of these of these hint butterflies, but maybe could have been a bit less subtle for sure. I think it works really um, well in Prime too, because you get like other notifications as well through your mm-hmm. suit, you know, like 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 just notices of like environmental things going on or stuff from your ship. So it plays really well into that. Whereas like there isn't a similar system, I think, that like kind of complements or mimics that, you know, butterfly thing. So it doesn't like you wouldn't expect to do that. Whereas like you're already getting those messages in Prime. So you you know after you wander around for like twenty minutes you have no idea where to go and the suit's like hey all right like here's a little help I think it makes like it's more natural in those games so um, yeah I don't think it's a bad idea but I think uh, maybe it could have been executed a bit differently. Um, the the only thing I'll add to that is I will say that it, it I like that they're there and I think that in Metroid Six if these butterflies are again present then we'll we'll kind of start to know and like speak that language a little bit. Like yep. I mentioned Zelda earlier with like the flying three butterflies. Like now I can play a Zelda game I've never played for the first time. I see three butterflies and I'm like, oh man, I, I better check out over here. So I think that if they keep on putting these into new Metroid games, then like then the player will kind of subliminally start to put that together and say like, okay, there's something of interest in this next room where, where these butterflies are. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't done you know, maybe as well as it could have been, but I, I think that, you know, it was good that they're there. Cause like now you can build on it. Yeah, so. I agree. I think like uh, it's, it might be part execution, but I think it's just part of like the fact that it's the first time in these games. Now that the expectation will mm-hmm. come, I think it would be fine. Yeah. Like you said, in, in the next ones, uh, this is a great question. I actually didn't put this together until Russ uh, suggested it, uh, okay. but our buddy Russ says, do you think that the Emmy were inspired by Mr. X in resident evil two? While the SAX infusion was more scripted encounters, the Emmy works more in or more similarly to Mr. X. First of all, Resident Evil 2, one of the great, maybe the greatest 3D Metroidvania. Uh, so good. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe kind of in a way, but um, like, I, I guess the similarities are is that like Mr. X kind of follows you in a, a more random pattern. But the thing about Mr. X is, like, you you can just, like, run away from him so easily. And you're never really in danger of getting caught unless, I mean, unless you, like, really get yourself in a bind. Like, there are usually, there's usually always a way to get away from Mr. X. Uh, whereas in Metro Dread, the, you know, the Emmy is frequently hot on your tails. Um, and, you know, he's going to kill you for sure. And at least at a couple points of this game. So... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can see the similarities, but I more so think that it's kind of like the evolution of the SAX concept rather than like inspired by Mr. X. Yeah. But uh, I, I could see it. Yeah, I think there are certainly similarities, but I don't think there was a necess- like necessarily a direct inspiration because there are a lot of things that in video games that chase you in, in similar ways, not just Mr. X, you know? And I mean, a big part of Metroid Dread's development history was how they didn't they weren't able to execute apparently the Emmy concept until now, which really kind of tells you that the SAX likely would have been implemented the same way had they been able to, you know, like it was scripted. Sure. But it was back in, you know, the early two thousands, right? Like if the SAX existed now on the game boy advance, no exactly. Less. Yeah. So it was more, I mean, I think they would have done more had they been able to, but they were limited by the technology. That's why it's more of a scripted encounter, but had Metroid fusion come out today, it would likely be like the Emmys, right. And, or like Mr. X yeah. or whatever. So, 
like, yeah, I agree. It's definitely a natural evolution of what they wanted to do but couldn't do until now or whatever, rather than being a direct influence from a pretty popular character, but I wouldn't say, like, one that uh, necessarily immediately influences Metroid. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, also, by the question. way, before you go on, best 3D Metroidvanias, obviously DK64. Continue. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I, I'm not going to argue either, by the way. I love Donkey Kong 64. Love it. Uh, someone someone was asking, by the way, if we were going to do an Inspired by Metroid and Donkey Kong 64. We'll, we'll definitely do it. That and Prey. Those are the ones I want to do. Prey and Donkey Kong 64. Prey was another suggestion by someone I forget off the top of my head, but thank you to that person. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's I, I played like an hour of it and it was really fun, but I don't know what it was. I just, I just put it down and maybe I got distracted by something else. But now that I have like a reason to play Prey, ugh, to play Prey, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it certainly was very fun for the time that I played it. But all right, one last question here. This one's kind of fun. This is from Big Griff. He asks, uh, if Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion got a remake one day, what do you think they will be called, or what do you think they should be called, and what do you think Nintendo will actually call them? Uh, I okay. I kind of like this this question because like I I hate getting remade like Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch. I I hated that it was called Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch. I just, I wanted it to be called like Link's Reawakening or like something to differentiate it. And I think that Metroid is really good at doing that because like you got Zero Mission, you got Samus Returns, even if it's like literally goes from return of samus to samus returns at least it's something different yeah i don't know uh metroid <laughs> metroid fusion x i mean metroid that's 100 uh, percent what it would be or metroid so? x metroid x i think i could see it being um or for super metroid uh new super metroid how about that oh, how do you God, feel about you new imagine? super metroid or new metroid oh. fusion that's there. Those are winners right there. Um, oh god! I think Metroid X is probably what it would be, uh, or I think Metroid X Fusion, X Fusion, cool. or Refusion, yeah. or I don't know. Yeah. Um, Super Metroid. I don't know how they would do that. I think they would just call it like <laughs> Super Metroid Remake or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I have no I, idea. What the, I, so Ultra that, Metroid. I could I could actually be kind of down. That's with that. a that's Ultra a Metroid. title right there. Maybe not even for a remake, but Ultra Metroid. That sounds hype. I, I have to say that so Super Metroid is like one of my favorite games ever. But one thing that I actually hate about uh, Super Metroid, I know you're going with that, is, is that it's called Super Metroid. Uh, it's the only game in the series that it's doesn't. So it's cool. not called Metroid something something. Yeah, change it oh. up a little bit. It sounds so cool. I love how it's so distinctive and it sounds awesome. Uh. Super Metroid, like it's. Not everything has to be Metroid, whatever. Super Metroid. Give me Ultra I just, Metroid. I like the I like the consistency. I like that consistency. I didn't. Oh, like you when, like the uh, consistency here, but you don't ask where the animals are. Got it. Got it. Well, the animals are <laughs> in Samus's house. We already answered oh, yeah. that question. They're they're fine. Uh, Ultra Metroid. Yeah, that could be Ultra Super Metroid. All right, that's a little because now we're just stacking names. I, could, I don't know. I think it needs see to them be calling Ultra it New Super, Super Metroid. New that Super would just be, uh, New Super Metroid. Oh, God, it rolls off the tongue, my man. That would be just the absolute worst if they did that. I, I don't know. I, if you have a good suggestion for what the Super Metroid remake should be called, uh, let us know. And, and it, you can't answer Super Metroid or Super Metroid remake. Those options are off the table. Um, so, yeah, let us know. That is the end of our questions. We didn't get quite all of them, but we got almost all of them. Uh, thank you so much for all of the great uh, questions and comments and, and thoughts and everything like that. This was a lot of fun, and I had a blast answering all these questions and uh i feel like 
you know, within these questions, there is inspiration for at least a couple full-blown episodes here. So uh, thank you to our Omega Metroid community. You guys, you guys brought it this week when we asked for questions, as you guys always do. So uh, thank you very much. I was going to say, I, I love doing these episodes. We always get great questions, and I feel like we have a great discussion trying to come up with some answers. So I love doing these. And I also love that even though we did have a good amount of Metroid Dread questions, you know, like you said, it was a mix from all the games. And mm-hmm. I, I love talking about Metroid in general. So it was nice to talk about Dread, but also talk about some Metroid Prime 4, some remakes and whatnot. And yeah, we got to go back for you know to this episode and the other Q and A's and see what we can scrounge together for some episode topics because there's a lot of good stuff in here. So yeah, thank you all for sending us questions. It, you know, it means a lot that you'll even tune in, but that you interact with us and chat with us and send us questions means a lot and makes it worthwhile. So thank you very much. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself. All right, well we're gonna get out of here. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for uh, sending the questions and for listening. Uh, we encourage you guys to go and head on over to Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod at Spateri three sixteen and at Dak City underscore. Give us a follow and uh, give us a follow over on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. You know the drill. Wherever you get your podcast, like and subscribe. Tell that Metroid fan in your life where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. Uh, until next week, everybody. We will see you then.